0: One and welcome to the Prosper Project. Today, I am really excited for my interview with Deb, Deborah Boulanger. Deb is an inspirational leader, speaker, launch expert, and podcast host. But today, we are going to talk about her journey leaving the corporate world and starting a company on her own and that growing trend of women making a similar leap. Where does it come from? Why do we do it? What's so better about working for ourselves? Deborah's is going to give us all the insights. So Deborah, I'm so excited to have you here today. Before I turn the mic over to you, I am going to embarrass you with all the accolades, okay? Oh, Okay. <laughs> all right. So Deb is the host of the Life After Corporate podcast and founder of the Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs. She is on a mission to close the revenue gap with women business owners. There are 2,000 businesses launched by women each day, but on average, women earn only 30 cents to the dollar compared to men. Deb works with smart, accomplished women leaders to make the leap from corporate to entrepreneur and replace that six figure paycheck. Over the last 20 years, Deb has launched dozens of services that generated hundreds of millions in revenue for her clients. And she's also launched and grown a single division from zero to 32 million in 30 months. She has taught and advised hundreds of new and aspiring women entrepreneurs to use these same proven strategies to test their business ideas and validate their money-making model. Deborah,
1: thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here, Lorraine. I've
0: really been looking forward to it. Me too. It's really great to talk with you and you and I met through a networking group, and that was really great. And every time we connect, I just I want to learn more and more about you. So, this is a great opportunity to get a little bit of time with you, ask you some questions, and inspire all our listeners. So, I want to learn a little bit more about what was good and not so good about corporate life and what inspired you to make the leap to entrepreneurship
1: well what was great about corporate life was i was in a company that allowed me to grow over time and there was a lot of opportunity there and i went from sales to marketing to product development to product management whenever I raised my hand and said, you know, I'd like to try this out, I usually got a yes. And so that last stint in corporate where I launched a program, grew it and grew the team. And we started from scratch. And in 30 months, we had 32 million and I had 53 staff working for me. And I was well into my corporate career at that point. I enjoyed the paycheck. I enjoyed pay time off. It's the one thing I miss. <laughs> True enough. (laughs) And uh, I enjoyed the people that I worked with because they were very smart people. But what happened was after growing that business and just being so aggressive with growing that team, I hit burnout. And at the same time, my marriage was falling apart. My marriage of 25 years, I was getting a divorce. Menopause hit me like a ton of bricks. We'll just be real here. And my mother's health was declining. She had dementia. Mm -hmm. And it was clear that my sister couldn't carry that burden all on her own. And I had a 13 year old child. And so, since I was at that point traveling a lot for my business, I missed most of the parent teacher conferences and soccer games or basketball games. I decided that I needed to do something vastly different in my life. And that meant taking the
0: leap and leaving the corporate world behind. Wow. That's a lot to come at you at one time. And I totally understand why you made that decision, but those are kind of, those are moving away from stresses. There was also something that was attractive about being an entrepreneur in terms of more time with your child and, What else were you thinking about, if you can remember at the time, that sounded good about being self-employed?
1: Yeah, so my company name is called The Great Do-Over, and I think what was happening was it was my own life reinvention, and I decided that if I could do it, others could do it too, and I was excited about sharing that journey of what it felt like for the very first time. To really focus my attention on myself, to focus on my mental health, my physical health, spending time with my family, being with people that I enjoyed being with that I didn't also work with at the same time. So, creating Mm -hmm. and deepening the relationships of people around me. And I live in this beautiful area of the country that's right on the ocean in the Northeast. And I never got to spend any time here. My fondest memories are you know, passing by going over the Shinnecock Canal and going down Long Beach and seeing the beach on my left, but I never really got to spend any time there. So Mm -hmm. I think all of those things came together. And truthfully, it was more of a moving away than a moving toward for me in the very, very beginning. And so I got a certification as a health coach mostly because I had a health coach who really changed my life. And she said, Deb, you'd be great at this. Mm. And in that process, I just started coaching women who were reinventing their lives, you know, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationship wise. And that was how I started. I wasn't a business
0: coach when I first started out. That's so interesting. So how did you make that transition then from health coach to business coach? So
1: with the 25 years that I had spent in corporate, you know, 20 years at one company and another five years at another, what I learned was I was a product launch professional in Mm, the services space. So I knew how to package, price, message, find the gap in the marketplace. And when I was joining these high-end masterminds, which was the very first thing I did because we all want support, we all want to be in a posse of other women and have a coach to lead us through it. I looked around the room and because of my background, I said, most of these women, mostly women, don't even have a business. They have an idea. They don't really have a business. And I saw them struggle to make money. I saw them invest a lot in the marketing of their business. I saw them invest a lot in the acquiring of skills that would enable them to create group programs or speak from the stage or be excellent in social media but the basic foundation was missing and that is you're not solving a real problem that someone is willing to pay for.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And you know, yeah, it seems so obvious, but a lot of people do kind of go out there with a couple of ideas and then just kind of flounder around, I guess, looking for what will stick. So how do you determine or how did you initially determine and has that changed? Who you want to work with and who you can best provide kind of that step up to, that helping hand, that guide. Who are the kinds of women that you like to work with?
1: Yeah, what I found over time, and initially it was anyone who wanted to launch a business that was in the services space, and Mm -hmm. that might have included spiritual healers or people who were teaching meditation, as well as those that were launching a health or a life coaching business. And what I really found was I do best and the women that do best with me are from corporate. They are smart. They're successful. They like tools and frameworks and templates. They like to be given direction. They follow direction well. They follow through. They set goals. And so I realized that the coaching consulting industries and specifically women who are leaving typically high paying and high powered corporate jobs. You know, My Mm -hmm. clients tend to be VPs, senior vice presidents, C-suite, some directors, Mm -hmm. and the ages are changing. It used to be women over 40 or women over 50. And now I'm getting women who are, are very successful in their 30s and starting to question their why. Why have I chosen this path? It's not as fulfilling as I thought it would be. And they're taking their accomplishments and they're turning them into... Uh, frameworks and tools that they can use to work with other companies and delivering transformation there, or working with companies to help grow better leaders within the corporate setting. And now we're in this Great resignation, great reset, great reshuffling, whatever you want to call it. I was it. going
0: to ask you about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of issues around diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. a lot of investment in women leaders. So, a good portion of my clients are focused on that marketplace, but also areas like sustainability and, you know, creating conscious cultures around the environment. So wherever there's, and I like that because it's a defined problem that needs a solution. And that I think is the basic foundation for any good business is that you identify a gap in the market. You understand what a solution looks like in the eyes of your ideal client, and you create something that stands out and has a differentiated value proposition from all the other offerings out there. And that's what I bring to the table. You know, my background in market research, my background in developing service offerings and helping women step into a bigger vision of their own value.
0: Wow. So that's really powerful. How do you typically find your clients? I am
1: prolific on Zoom. <laughs> I've I
0: love been it. <laughs> I've so that's your platform working. of choice. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, it was even way before Zoom. Lorraine, I don't know when you started, but there was something called Instant Teleseminar, which was a platform Mm, we were all using about 10 years ago. There was no real video component. You could slide share and people could hear your voice, or it could be like a conference call where everyone was on the line and speaking. But I started delivering trainings, workshops, webinars, seminars, online and delivering value to the clients and then asking people who felt ready, do you want to have a conversation? Would you like to talk about what working together could look like to bring this into your life? And that one strategy has literally been the foundation for my entire business growth. I love
0: that. So tell me a little bit about your programs and the transformations that take place through them because you have multiple ways that people can work with you.
1: So it started with the Launch Lab for Women Entrepreneurs. So when I realized that they didn't have that basic foundation, that they were struggling to market something that they just couldn't sell. And so it was, you know, let's press reset. It doesn't mean anything about you. You haven't failed. You've just been focused in the wrong direction. And so we start with what is the problem that you want to solve, you know, Mm -hmm. and is it a big enough problem for people, whether they are people in corporate or people as individuals, are they willing to pay to make that challenge go away? And what does that solution look like to them? So we become really good listeners with our market and we create solutions based on what people want. Maybe that's why I've been successful is I've been listening to my marketplace for a number of years. And whatever I develop is based on the demand. We want demand before we build supply. Otherwise, you're like a hammer in search of a nail. You know, what can I fix fix today? (laughs) Um, So that. that was the very first step was the launch lab. And that got you to a business model where you could actually see where the money was coming from. And then, and only then, do we start focusing on amplifying the message and really focusing on marketing. And when my clients wanted a quick win, I simply taught them what I'd been doing for the last 10 years, which was delivering webinars that convert.
0: Mm. And
1: so I created a program called Standout Webinars. And so almost everyone who takes the Launch Lab does Standout Webinars as well. And it's open to anybody. So we can share that link as well. We have a cohort starting up soon. But Yeah. And then after that, my clients didn't want to leave. And they were like, well, you know, how do I get good at the sales conversation? Mm -hmm. And how do I launch a podcast? And how do I increase my influence in my marketplace? And what other marketing strategies and tactics am I missing? And that's when we launched the six figure accelerator last year, which has been great fun to deliver. And the premise for the six-figure accelerator is really to make six-figure revenue growth predictable in your business. Mm-hmm. Because for the last three years, what I realized is that if I paid attention to the metrics, if I looked at what was really working, and if I stopped being distracted by all the bright, shiny objects and who was doing this over here with Instagram and who was doing this over here, and I just doubled down on what was working for me and doubled down on the clarity on who who was really ideal as a client, that six figure revenue growth on the top line was really predictable. And so that's what we've been focusing on. And now I teach that same strategy because I mentioned, you mentioned in my introduction that I want to close the revenue gap with women entrepreneurs and women earn 30 cents to the dollar compared to all business owners. And so
0: it's wild, right? It's like, More than double the discrepancy between employed women versus employed men, right? So, yeah, we could have a whole different conversation about that, right? But it's a very frustrating and sobering statistic.
1: Very much so. And so part of what we do is also focus on pricing, and you know, how is your self-esteem or your self-worth getting caught up in your pricing? So pricing strategies are a big part of what we do in the Accelerator. And then how do you expand your product portfolio? You know, Looking at the market demand, what's next for you? How are you bringing clients up that value ladder? And so it's been a really fulfilling experience for me to be able to work with some of the same clients for more than two years.
0: Yeah, it's great because when you work with clients, and I have several clients I've worked for like four years now, and different business model, obviously, but it's just really rewarding because you get to know them on a completely different level. So that brings to mind another question. So you're running programs. I'm more in the one-to-one service space. Do you work only with entrepreneurs that are, well, I know they left corporate, but are they going towards running programs and doing courses and things like that? Or are you also working with maybe consultants that work one-to-one or done-for-you services like Prosper for Purpose? Do you distinguish in that way? No, we
1: don't. We have consultants in the Launch Lab and the Accelerator as well. I think what surprises most people who jump into the coaching space is that now there's so much demand for coaching and consulting on how to grow effective leaders. But I have consultants who are offering wellness programs. I have consultants who help specific markets and industries like attorneys, You know, helping attorneys have more confidence, build bigger books of business. Also have consultants who are building in DEI programs, consultants who are working on increasing the customer experience and customer retention. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, what I think is most important is that anyone who's in the consulting space isn't reinventing the wheel every time you take on an assignment, right? So that's where it gets tricky because it's only you. And if you're working one-on-one with everyone, you rapidly run out of bandwidth and you cap your income. So I'm a big proponent in that even in the corporate world there are opportunities for one to many programs and that's what I led at my last company was okay. a program for executives and who got together in peer networks three times a year and shared best practices and case studies and we would do research projects for them but bringing that leverage into your business model I think is important
0: no matter what you do Yeah, I love that. I love that that collaborative aspect to it. So what about you? Do you have a team or how do you continue to serve people at so many levels?
1: Well, I have a virtual team and I focused on the back office first. So my Mm -hmm. first hire was a virtual assistant and I've had this virtual assistant who's working with me for the past We couldn't figure it out if it's been three (laughs) or four years, but she was working for a high-end coach who was already in the seven figures. So she had the knowledge of the business model and how to set up campaigns and email sequences. So she does a lot of the technology on the back end. And I also have someone who produces my podcast and produces the podcast assets for the Life After Corporate show. I have a fractional chief financial officer, all the things that you know aren't my forte and I don't really want right. to dive into, I hire someone else to do. And then last year I brought on a marketing agency who's doing all of the social media and okay. we're just about ready to make our first hire. I could use some help taking on sales because okay. as the business has doubled the past two years, my time is at a premium and I could really use some help with someone who's that first, at least that first line of support for people who want to work together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Well, you stayed pretty lean considering how much you offer. So I think that's a lesson in and of itself.
1: Yeah, you know, just really having the team that I need and technology, I mean, automated everything. I mean, technology Mm -hmm. was the first place that we started with, you know, how can we automate these sequences?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan in automating what you can, delegating what you can, and maybe even eliminating a few things from time to time. What do you love most about your work?
1: I love helping women achieve financial freedom Mm -hmm. because I think I wish I grew up in a time where not all mothers worked when I grew up, you You know, know. some moms stayed at home and my mom stayed at home. And although my dad was a successful executive, I never had it modeled for me that Mm -hmm. I could go into corporate. So I actually started my career out of college as a teacher. So I think what I've learned, especially after divorce you know, and having that financial upheaval when you separate from a marriage that was around for 25 years, is being able to create your own wealth, being able to put food on your table, being able to be self-sustaining. Even though it was the primary wage earner in my family, I think being alone and being a single mom, having that power to create something from nothing and get paid for it.
0: How inspiring that is for your child as well. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt there. No, no, no. so exciting, right?
1: Yeah. And we, I started this journey when he was 13 and that meant I did get to go to the soccer games and the parent teacher conferences. And I was class parent for 11th and 12th grade before we went to college. So all of those things. And I think, you know, women, they underprice their services, they undervalue themselves because they undervalue the impact that they can make through their work. So once you step into that Mm -hmm. and you look at what you're achieving, all of my clients increase their prices. Some double their prices and end up doubling their revenue in a very short order, but it's a matter of focusing on the value and the return on advantage that you provide your clients that's worth so much more than an hourly rate or even yeah. a retainer.
0: Why do you think that women undercharge so much for their services? I have my own ideas. I want to hear what you say. I think our listeners need to hear what you say.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I think where women in general operate under a set of lowered expectations. And I think that's Unconscious in society. I think it's unconscious in families, but it's very real when you look at it. And it hit home with me when I was still employed in corporate and I went to visit my dad and I was sharing with him this big promotion and how much money I had earned that year, which was like more than I would ever imagined in my entire life. And he looked at me with all sincerity and looked me in the eyes and said, Deb, you've exceeded all of my expectations. And I looked at him sincerely back and I said, Dad, maybe your expectations were a little too low. And that's when it hit me that I wasn't alone, that women were operating under a set of lowered expectations. And that translates into corporate cultures. And we've internalized this as well. We don't see ourselves as being as valuable. It's why we still have a wage discrepancy in the corporate world why we have this revenue discrepancy with women business owners is that we don't see our own value because we're focused on ourselves and what right. am i worth right. so if you you can stop focusing on yourself and focusing on the value of what are you delivering out there and what is that worth to someone else then i think you s- turn the tables you switch the equation and you can step into a higher value proposition
0: i love that i love that so being an entrepreneur, what has that made possible in your life? What were the unexpected benefits?
1: Freedom to work whenever and wherever I choose. I mean, I think that's probably the easiest one the freedom to spend time with family, the freedom to create new friendships, new relationships, and be mm-hmm. fully present for them, the freedom to take a walk on the beach, you know, in the middle of the day, or take a break and go to the gym. Those are the surface benefits, I think, of entrepreneurship. But I think the internal benefits of how I have grown and expanded Mm -hmm. my insecurities, the anxieties I used to have about public speaking, the challenges of the self doubt. And, you know, I'm not really sure of what my next step is, you know, whenever, and I know Lorraine, we're in the same mastermind that whenever we achieve one thing, I'm always looking at the next hill and the next hill requires that I stretch into a new area that's not comfortable. And I go through this period. I see myself go through this cycle of confusion. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to tackle that next thing, which is why we need to hang out together because I can say, Hey, Lorraine, how did you tackle this stage of your business journey and why we have this powerful mastermind experience. And I think that's so important is that as you grow, you see yourself in a completely different light. It's almost like your soul cracks open and the light comes Mm. in and you get to see who you really were all along. But it's a matter of shedding all of this stuff that we've accumulated, this mental baggage that we've accumulated that doesn't belong there.
0: And it's freeing, right? And so, you know, sometimes you realize things about yourself and you all of a sudden think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm 50 or I'm, you know, however old you are. And I'm just realizing this about myself. And I always say that, you know, the great surprise in life is how little we know ourselves until we get through challenges, whether, I mean, they don't have to be huge setbacks, but just those challenges that make you stretch. And in each stretch, you learn something new, just like failure, you know, first attempt and learning. It doesn't have to be the end. It's your first attempt. And what can you learn from that and move forward? So I think you stated that so, so powerfully. And I totally agree. And I talk a lot on this podcast with all of its, I think, eight episodes at this point of recording. But I do, I talk a lot about this with my clients as well, your circle of influence. And Mm -hmm. so who do you let into your circle of influence? And, you know, you have team, you have family, you have friends, but you need to have that circle of people who understand that entrepreneurial journey and are on that same journey, whether they're not quite as far as you or whether they're a mile ahead of you because you can share and learn from one another. I think that's what you and I are both getting from the mastermind that we're in, which is profound. Now, I always end my podcast and then we'll get to where people can find you because I want to do that. And we'll also have that in the show notes. So anyone listening, please see below so you know how to get in touch with Deb. But I always ask people, and I know I misspelled it in your note, you were like, what is this word? What is she asking me? But what does it mean for you to prosper?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny as I was thinking about this, it's changed over the decade that I've been an entrepreneur. And so initially, prosper meant spending time at home with my son and my family. It also meant investing in friendships. Now, at this stage, prosper to me means that I can look out my window and see the water, or I can at least go out my door and walk to the beach. I mean, I think now that my son is grown, he has an apartment and a job of his own, you know, prosperity to me is being able to travel, you know, to be able to visit friends who live in other places and to live in a place that's beautiful that I really enjoy
0: living in. I love that. That's so great. So tell people where they can find out more about you and working with you.
1: Yeah. So social media is the best place to find me. LinkedIn is my primary platform. You find me at Deb Boulanger at The Great Do-Over and Instagram at Deb underscore Boulanger. There's links in my bio there for whatever new trainings and webinars are coming up. And for women who are interested in hacking their revenues and their pricing. I have a free gift for listeners, which is the Experts Pricing Calculator, where you can just add $100,000 to your top line revenue and model out your pricing. And it's expertpricingcalculator.com. It's singular expert, E-X-P-E-R-T, and
0: download it, add 100000 to your business. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. So we'll have the link in the show notes and I'm going to be heading over there after our conversation. Deb, it was so great having you on this episode. I think a lot of women listening can relate and maybe you're aspiring to follow in your footsteps. So thank you so much for sharing your story today on the Crossfire Project.
1: Lorraine, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for your generosity. It was such a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.